We are, we are carrying on with our series this morning on emotional health because we want to be battle ready. We don't want to be casualties of war and we don't want to just fight so that we can survive. We want to fight so that we can actually take ground for the kingdom. Uh, and, and you need to ask yourself the question realistically, are we effectively being used by God to advance the kingdom? And, and you must take responsibility. I think we all need to take responsibility. Am I being used by God to advance the kingdom? Not just, oh, well, I'm saved one day, I'm going to go to heaven. But Lord Jesus, please use me to advance your kingdom. So today we're looking at stress and burnout. Um, something that people seem to, they, they seem to only experience once it's too late. You know, it creeps up on them and all of a sudden it's like they're driving along and all of a sudden there's a brick wall closer than their ability to break and then boom, into the brick wall. And burnout isn't something that just happens um, when we work too many hours for too long. Burnout can happen when we're doing what we love. So burnout is something that if we are not careful of can come along and rob us of the full full potential we should be walking in. The statistics are that from work alone, that not all the other stresses in your life, just from work alone, more than 50% of people are burned out. More than, that means more than half the room. Take one side burnt out, the other side coping. So what is burnout? It's a combination of mental, physical, and emotional exhaustion flooding in from a variety of sources. So we are absolutely exhausted. So burnout happens when we spin too many plates at the same time for too long, and eventually they all collapse. Spin, 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 and we're trying to hold it all together, and we're trying to keep it all in place, and we're spinning all the plates, and eventually they all collapse. And there's a lot of people spinning a lot of plates at the moment, and it doesn't just take somebody to come and knock all, it takes just one more plate before they all fall. Right? Just one more thing. Social pressure financial pressure, family pressure, work pressure. And on top of all of that, there's this demonic lion trying to rattle your life. So there's, there's so much responsibility. There's so many plates to spin and there's an enemy trying to knock them out of place. And if you are aware of burnout and it's on the horizon and you know that you're, you're spinning all these plates, what should you do? How do you overcome burnout? What can I say today and trust God by the Spirit that will stop us from being people that get written off as ineffective because we are absolutely too exhausted to continue? Firstly, I'll talk about the difference between stress and burnout. Uh, Stress is short-lived and related to a particular project or event. For example, you've got exams coming up, the kids are on holiday now, so they're all very stoked, but you stressed out when you've got an exam coming up and you haven't studied for it and it's right there. That's like a particular reason to be stressed. Burnout is chronic stress that feels never-ending. The pressure's just constantly there, and it feels like it's not lifting, and because it's constantly there, it's weighing on me, and it's becoming too much. Everything all at once, and it doesn't seem to stop. It feels like everything's just a dead end. And the more we try, the less effort we have, I mean, the, the less we see any fruitfulness, the less energy we have, and we're trying our very best, yet we don't have the energy to carry on. So talking about stress and burnout, today we will look at a man from Scripture that faced these things and how he, well, how he responded to them with some very helpful practical lessons on what we can do so that we don't have to become casualties of war. The guy's actual juggernaut. This guy was an absolute 
hero of the faith. You know, he was a, a boss in the spiritual world. And when he's in town, the devil gets nervous because this guy had an incredible authority from God until he got to breaking point. One more plate was added and it absolutely broke him. <clears throat> he ended up facing stress and burnout and exhaustion and depression. And when we struggle, um, we are not failures. We are human. So if you are in the room and you face burnout, you're facing burnout or you will face burnout, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you spiritually and you need to beat yourself up. It means that you are absolutely normal, that you're a human being, life is happening, but we need to learn from Scripture how to navigate life. So don't beat yourself up if you are on the um, burnout end. So the guy that we're talking about today, his name is Elijah, and this is his story. Elijah went to King Ahab and he confronted him about his sin. And back in those days, the king was like the king. And even if you approached him with a bad attitude, your head's gone, you, you know. You, and what happens is he confronts the king and he says, you've got sin issues and there's going to be a drought for the next three years. So that's bad news. And King Ahab doesn't like bad news. So what he does is he sends a whole bunch of armies essentially to kill Elijah. So Elijah is on the run and he spent three years running. And while he's running, God is supernaturally protecting him and supernaturally providing for him. And amazing miracles are taking place through his life. During this time, he even raised a dead child. For, you know, the, the widow's son was raised from the dead. So God was working through Elijah with great power. Later, Elijah single-handedly took on all the prophets of Baal, over 800, I think it's 800 or 850 to 1, and he called down fire from, from heaven to consume the offering. Then he slayed all the evil prophets, and he demonstrated the incredible power of God, like a boss, spiritual giants. Then after all of this, King Ahab's all upset. <laughs> and he goes to his wife, and he's like, oh, this is all that Elijah. That's how he spoke. Um, if you, I don't know how he spoke, but we'll just say he spoke like that. Yeah, he's like, Elijah's messing up all my plans. So his wife, Jezebel, she sends a message to Elijah saying, may God strike and even kill you if by this time tomorrow you are not dead. Her life's goal became to destroy God's anointed. That was her plan. And Elijah, who had experienced the supernatural power, presence, protection, and provision of God against all odds, gets a single threat from Jezebel, and all the plates came crashing down. He had endured so much for so long until Jezebel. And for many people, we can handle so much and we endure so much and we persevere for so long. And then one thing, one event, one decision, one person, a Jezebel moment comes our way and everything comes apart. All she did was make a threat. She only threatened him. He had experienced the supernatural miraculous hand of God. And then she comes along and she didn't send an army. She didn't send secret assassins. She just made a threat, a small moment, enough to open the door, just a crack. And that's all the enemy needs. If the door is not locked, it's open. And Elijah crumbled the final straw, the weak end of burnout, the Jezebel moment, just a small lie, a small temptation and fear and compromise and doubt take hold. Elijah was exhausted, and in his exhaustion, fear took hold of him. Look at the scripture, 1 Kings 19, verse 2 to 4. <clears throat> so Jezebel 
sent this message to Elijah. May the gods, I mean, that's not even God. That's God. She doesn't even believe in the truth. May the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just like you killed them, talking about all the prophets that Elijah had just killed. The threat of Jezebel. Elijah, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. And how many people have felt like this? I've had enough, Lord. He said, take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. So Elijah had had enough. He was tired, tired, tired. He was exhausted. He was finished. He was burned out. And he would literally prefer to die than carry on with his life. And when we are stressed out like this, the stress manifests itself in three different ways, three different areas. First of all, physically. When you are stressed out and you are burned out, it will affect your physical life. Um, Tired all the time, struggling to sleep, constant headaches, pains. And each one of these things seem to compound all the other things, which makes us even more stressed out, which makes those things even worse. The stress causes us to, to become destructive or to lean into things to help us to cope, which only make things exponentially worse. When you turn to something in life other than Jesus Christ, it generally makes your life worse and your problems more. Pills, sugar, alcohol, drugs, unhealthy things and unhealthy people. But people need to cope. And in this space, we become more desperate and therefore more vulnerable. Or mentally. The next one, so physically, mentally. Simple tasks become difficult tasks. And our self-esteem and our confidence and our faith all start to take a dive. And when we are physically tired, we become mentally tired and we become irritable. And we become easily frustrated with everything. And we can't concentrate and we can't stay focused. And we become indecisive. Our fuse gets very short, and our ability to cope with anything seems absolutely out of control. We are overwhelmed. Can people stop doing this to the person next to them? I'm just saying. Um, emotionally, we get down. <laughs> emotionally, stress and burnout bring us down, and people become exhausting. Everybody just becomes exhausting. In this space, we are prone to isolation. Because I'm tired and I don't need people's stuff, and therefore I withdraw myself, making us even more vulnerable. And our view of everything, including ourselves, gets distorted. From stress and burnout, we become critical and cynical and judgmental and e- about everything and everyone and others. Um, we can, e- during this time, we can even blame God. Because we become so disconnected, even God feels far away, so it's, it must be his fault. The, the, the sad thing is, the scary thing is that we can function normally during this, and we've ignored all the signs, and then all we're doing is we're there in the room, but we're just trying to cope. Burned out. We, are, we end up on autopilot, in the room, but not present. Do you know what I'm talking about? In the room, but not present. You, you know, you, you have... You have nothing really to offer, and and if you do have anything to offer, it's probably pretty negative. With the lie of the enemy telling you that things will never change, which is a lie from the enemy. I wish I could say I've never been there, but I have. And the question is, how do we end up there? What gets us to burn out? And if we know what gets us to burn out, then we know how to get out. 
So this morning, we're going to find out and we're going to trust the Holy Spirit to take us to a place where we go, I see the up, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, so how do we end up burnt out? And it's going to be the reverse thing to how to get out of it. Number one, we run ourselves into the ground. And some of you right now, maybe, even listening online, running yourselves into the ground. Elijah 19 verse 3a, just the beginning part. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. What's interesting here is that Elijah went from Jezreel to Beersheba. As the crow flies, that's over 150 kilometers. So he went full Forrest Gump and just kept on (laughs) running. You know, I'm, I'm sure he would have had stops along the way, but resting was not his objective. Running was his objective. He wasn't about resting. He was about running. And fear kept him going on and on and on and on. And he was driven by fear. So he ran and he ran and he ran. And for so many people, life is like a rat race. And you are driven by fear and you just push, 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 push. Running from our lives, but never living them. Exhausted, burnt out. And we are, we're running when we're working. We're running when we're playing. We're running when we're resting. We're running to make people happy. We're running to keep people happy. We're running to improve. We're running to keep on. It's just constantly exhausting, spinning all the plates, running at the expense of our own emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being. The engine is in the red zone, and we say this, when I get around the next corner, I will rest. But then the next corner just doesn't seem to come, and we just keep on running until pop goes the engine. Remember week one, don't ignore the signs. There is no shame in saying no. I mean, a lesson I learned way too late in life. I read the Boundaries book, and I was like, eh, who needs this? <laughs> Me. Um, I, I wish I'd paid more attention. There's no shame in saying no, and you don't even need to give an excuse to do that. I was talking to Colin, who's in Australia. Colin and Verity are doing well. And he was just saying, someone spoke there about, um, about saying no and having no shame in saying no and not having to give excuses for it. Uh, not to give excuses to say no because, I, you know, no to serving God, but saying no to the right things so that we can serve God effectively. We hear it. We know this, but we need to slow down. Number two, you are heading to burnout when we try to do it all on our own. 1 Kings 19 verse 3, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. For so many people, COVID created a culture. And I can stay connected without being connected. And that's, the, that, that's a COVID culture. It's an ungodly culture. Cell phones, can, uh, I was just thinking about this, and I, I know, I know, I know, I'm, I need my own messages too. I'm, I'm a work in progress. Cell phones connect us to people far away, but they disconnect us from the people in the room. Connect us to the outside, break connection on the inside. Anyway, the point isn't that tech is bad for you. It's just that we, we try and mimic what's real, and it isn't. Uh, but then you say to yourself, but it helps, me, it helps me connect, and it helps me cope. In actual fact, it's doing the exact opposite. It's removing our ability to cope and connect. Elijah needed his friends. He needed actual people around him. He needed his wingman. <laughs> he needed his support. He needed his friends. Instead, he isolated himself to try and manage on his own. 
Many people are doing this. You are burning out. You are struggling. You are burning the candle at both ends. You are running, 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 running. Fear is driving your life. You are not taking a break. And you think this, I will just manage on my own. It's, it's not God's way. Disconnected from church. Disconnected from life group. Disconnected from, uh, from community. Disconnected from God-given values, which we need to hold on to. And I, I've said it many times, and I'll say it again. There are three reasons that we find that we meet in Scripture. Biblical reasons. They met in the temple courts. We, we meet as a church. They met to pray, and they met in each other's homes. Those are biblical values we should be fighting for. Are you in a life group? If you are not in a life group, get in a life group because it's biblical. Pray together and gather as a church. The, the COVID culture has said we can disconnect and stay connected. And the cell phone culture, disconnect and stay connected. And we, we lock the door to biblical connection with our window to the world fixed to our hand and compromises just a, a little door crack away. With Wi-Fi as our window, yet nothing is as it seems. Staying networked to numb our minds. Fellowship is a biblical value worth fighting for. Iron sharpening iron, that's why we gather. Sharing our hearts, having our arms lifted when we are tired. Thank you for lifting our arms when we've been tired. And allow us to lift yours when you are tired. It's godly. Um, We need courage. We need to be encouraged. Fellowship encourages us. Uh, We need to, you know, when our courage is low, we need each other. We need to celebrate things that are worth celebrating. We need to be together, not just watching online, but connecting in person. Healthy people promote healthy fellowship and draw us into community, not away from it. I'm not rebuking everyone. This is (laughs) with love. Uh, When we are isolated and when we are burnt out, it leads us to number three. We dwell on the negative. When people are around us, are they like, your life is good. God is good. You have so much hope. Are we just the same? Things are bad. I'm overwhelmed. It's all too much. There is no hope for me. It's just a dead end. It's just a series of dead ends. I just can't feel like it can go on anymore. 1 Kings 19 verse 4. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord. He said, take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. When we are burning out, do you know what we do? We do what Elijah was doing, and we start comparing ourselves to everybody else. I've done nothing with my life. I feel like such an underachiever. Others have achieved so much more. I should be doing better. I should have done better. I'm I'm, I'm of no worth. What good am I? What do I have to offer? I'm better off dead. That's what Elijah was feeling. Look how happy and stable and blessed and comfortable and favored everybody else's, but that's not my life and it's not getting better and it probably won't get better and I can't do this anymore. Elijah in his darkest moment, found this, that God reached out and found him where he was at. I'm trusting this morning, you sitting here, you might be thinking, I am pretty tired. And God will say, I'm with you where you are at. And I want to walk with you to a refreshing place. Streams of water, lush green grass, 
a beautiful scenery, a better future. For Elijah, God sent an angel, right? And the angel said to Elijah, Elijah, you dum-dum, what is wrong with you? You have so little faith. I cannot believe you were threatened by a girl and now you're running. What is this? No, he didn't say that. He was far more practical. Am I allowed to say any of that? He said this, 1 Kings 19, verse 5 to 6. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. Elijah, very sad. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, this is super profound wisdom from heaven. Get up and eat. He looked around and there beside his head was bread baked on hot stones in a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Imagine having an encounter from an angel. And you think to yourself, wow, imagine an angel of God comes and stands before you. And then he tells you something that your parents would tell you. Hey, you should probably have something to eat. And then you can nap again. Like, you you want something far more profound. And then the angel's like, I have an encounter. And the angel says to me, have a snack and a nap. (laughs) Sometimes, and this is, I'm just paying this message forward. Sometimes the most spiritual thing we can do is also the most practical. Sometimes the most spiritual thing we can do is also the most practical. As simple as resting. It's almost as if God knew exactly what he was doing and what he was saying when he said, honor the Sabbath. We live in a culture that when asked how it's going, we always say, oh, it's so hectic. Oh, I'm so busy. Oh, I'm running ragged. Almost like it's a badge of honor. Imagine asking somebody, how's it going? And they go, oh, so rested, so relaxed. I'm managing everything so well. I'm just, you know, I'm in a very good, healthy, comfortable, relaxed space. Super productive, super effective, but so relaxed. I mean, wow. The enemy wants us to drive ourselves into the ground, and culture tells us that we've got no time to rest. There is more to do. There's so much to do, and you're not getting it all done, and you've got to spin another plate and add more plates and add more plates, and you're going, I just can't. They all come down. If I rest, then I'll fall behind and I'll disappoint people and I'll fail myself. But sometimes we do those things not because we're resting, but because we don't. Jason Sinclair, who was up here earlier on. And Jason, where are you? There you are, serving. God bless you for what you're doing with the young people. Lead with boldness and courage. Uh, He said something at our leaders meeting a while ago. And it really blessed me, Jason. I just want you to know, sometimes people say these throwaway comments and you, you don't realize the seed you've sown and then meanwhile, something's happening. Uh, back to the phone analogy, the picture that he shared was like us being smartphones. When we're not in use, we're resting. Like, like many of us. I'm not doing anything, so I'm resting. Yet while we're resting, our batteries are still dying. And that's what a lot of us are doing. And this is where a lot of us are going wrong. There is a big difference between resting and recharging. You might be rested, but not recharged. We know this because we can go on holiday from work, and we can rest the whole holiday and come back from holiday needing a holiday. Rested, but not recharged. Rested, but still empty. And all the work that we didn't do while we were away was accumulating. So when we get back, we're even more exhausted than when we started. Like, you know, I needed a holiday from all the work. I come back, I have all the work to do, plus the work I didn't do, plus more work. And I'm even more exhausted and I need another holiday. Rested but not recharged. The Sabbath 
isn't just about disconnecting from work. It's about plugging into God. Being tired can be solved with sleep. You tired? Go have a nap. Yet being empty is resolved through connection. The right activities, the right people, and God. Otherwise, you need a holiday from your holiday. And you rest, 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 rest. And you feel like you're being lazy and unproductive. And we're not getting any more energy than we had before. It can burn out, not because we're getting enough sleep, but because we aren't being recharged. Right now, sitting in the room, are you being recharged or are you just resting? Burnout happens when we run on tired and empty for too long. And then we get disconnected from others and ourselves. And getting to church is hard. And therefore, life group is even harder. And Sundays is for sleeping. Like phones, not news. Running the battery down, but not ever being recharged. God bless you for being here. Staying connected. God is the power source. When you come and you seek God and you pursue God on your own, you recharge. We need to learn how to connect with God to recharge. Otherwise, it just becomes another religious habit which burns us out and makes us tired. And then we go through the motions and we work and then we rest and we need a nap and we need another nap and our bodies are falling apart and our minds are falling apart and our spirits are falling apart and we're saying, Lord, what's going on? The Bible's dry. We're not recharging. Holy Spirit, teach us how to recharge and connect to you. So some practical things regarding rest. What makes you feel alive? What, makes, what gets you moving? What, what takes your mind off what's draining your mind? Some people, they have jobs that require um, much mental stimulation. And therefore, what they need to do is take a break from the mental stimulation and do something that's like physically stimulating. Others have these mentally demanding jobs that, that are exhausting and they need to disconnect their minds and do something or, or, or vice versa. You know what I mean? Um, if, you're, if you have a physically demanding job, then your body needs rest. If you have a mentally demanding job, then your mind needs rest. We need to find what works for us. Yet we need to find that with whatever it is, the only way to properly be recharged is through connection to God. We all, we all need it, no matter where you are, whether physically demanding, spiritually demanding, other or neither, we need to stay connected to God. He is our power supply. And I, I, know, I know that this is possible. It's possible to go through the motions, even do the church thing, and still run empty. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will breathe a wind of your presence over everybody, even now as I'm preaching. That those that need to be energized will be energized even now. A sense, Lord, that trickle charge beginning. 1, 1 Kings 19, verse 7 to 9. Then the angel of the Lord came and touched him and said, Get up and eat, and eat some more, or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. God wants you to have energy because he's still got a plan for your life. He's got stuff for you to do. And he doesn't want you running on empty burnout, a shell of yourself in the room but not connected to the people not effective. He wants us to be recharged. Listen to this. Go out and stand before me on the mountain. The Lord told him, and, Elijah's, and, Eli and as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty, the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. 
after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. Wind, the Lord was not there. Earthquake, the Lord was not there. Fire, the Lord was not there. Where was God? In the quiet place. In the day-to-day living. In the just going through the motions. In the quietness of the day, God was speaking. Changing the atmosphere. Speaking into our lives. Um, There's this dude that I saw on Instagram. I think he was like some Eastern... But the principle was, was worth sharing. So not promoting that. Um, he said that, you know, when, when, when people are in a relationship and they're shouting at each other, in a, in a marriage, for example, and they're shouting at each other, he said, why do they do that? Why do they shout at each other? Because even though they're close, they feel far away. Their hearts are disconnected. They, they, they're not in the same space. So they shout because they're trying to reach the person that's far away. And we feel like that with God, Lord. But then it's the same for sometimes when you're with your spouse and you can whisper. Why do you whisper? Sometimes you don't even say a word because you feel connected. You feel close. We want to be in a place where we can hear the whisper of God. Not shouting and hoping that he's out there feeling disconnected frustrated and angry, we're not being heard and understood. But understand this, that God cares about you and he's right with you right now. And may all of us today hear the whisper of God. For those that are broken, burned out, listen to what Jesus says to you. This is from the message, contemporary version of the Bible, but it brings this point home. It's great. Matthew 11. Are you tired? Worn out, burned out on religion, come to me. Didn't say go to church, didn't say come to me. Get away with me and and you'll recover your life. How's that? Listen to this. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. The next line is absolutely profound. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Not trying and striving and forcing. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. May the peace of God, as Kayla said this morning, may the peace of God rest on all of us. May the whisper of God be clear and audible to all of us. God knows where you are at, and he will meet you where you are at, and there is no distance that you can travel that will remove you from his ability to be with you. We had that word this morning from Bron, and she said, come to the well, and you can take a sip, you can, or you can jump in. And we had another prophetic word from Kim uh, earlier in the year about the river. And some people are dipping their toes, some people their feet, some going knee deep. But God's saying, get all the way in. Get in the river. So maybe you're in the room and you've been dipping your toe, you've been watching for a while. Maybe you're in the room and you are burned out and it's not the right thing to say to somebody, 
oh, I'm done. I'd rather just die. Talk to somebody. Reach out. It's the right thing to do. We, we've all been there. We know. 